Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Dum Dum Die, an all-female, all-awesome D&D 5th edition homebrew podcast set in my homebrew world of Kalendos. My being me, being Carla, your GM. Around my table are my amazing players who are going to introduce themselves, as well as today we are wanting to support one of our local friends who creates amazing things. Her name is Sinbin. Well, the shop's name is Sinbin. Her name's not Sinbin. And she makes amazing ears. She also makes ones that you can attach to your headphones, which I still need to order. I'm I'm in the queue. And she also makes amazing antlers. Okay, cool. Hi guys, I'm Nelly. I normally play Kira Nightingale, the Half-Elf Sorcerer. And today I'm wearing my super cute Sinbin antlers. And I'll have you know, these antlers have poked a certain someone in the eye. Mess Mickelson, the actor. I Is it when you smelt him? Okay, so I accidentally first poked him in the poked him in the eye, and then I sniffed him because I was already hugging the man. So I'm I'm already all the way too deep. So yes, but these these antlers have poked him in the eye, and I will never never dispose of them because one day I'm going to learn how to replicate another body, and I have some material to start with. So that's not creepy at all. Hi, I'm Wednesday, and I usually play Aloran Skyvale, the Azamar Paladin. These were custom-made nine-tailed fox ears by Sin. She lets you pick colors, which is cool. Also, yeah, Nelly, go ahead, use the science. That's what it exists for. If, it's not just for good, it's for also for personal for gain. For evil. <laughs> I, would say, I would say it's neutral. I think uh, Mr. Mickelson would think it was evil, but I think it's a neutral, chaotic neutral. Those of you who are regulars on our channel might notice that Lena is unfortunately not here. She is sick. She is recovering. So today, instead of dropping them into the poop with Kira Nightingale's mom, who can probably destroy them all, and knowing chat, you would help me do that to them. We're going to have a just chatting session because I don't want Lena to miss out on her potential death. So, you know. I'm oh. fair like that. That's so heavy. So today, please guys in chat, get involved. We're gonna have a chat about how we build characters, how we make characters. And to start us off, I actually think it's a really great segue into our sponsor for the next three episodes is Better Help. We've been living in some interesting times and for a lot of us, it may seem like too much to handle. For me, Role-playing has been my primary route for escapism from the daily grind, from my everyday problems, and those even bigger mental health issues that are ever looming in the background. Strangely enough, even the characters I create and play have their own share of issues, and oftentimes it's these very things that enrich the role-playing and storytelling experience. That's why I and the rest of Dum Dum Die are excited and very happy to be sponsored by BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. BetterHelp is a globally accessible online platform providing professional counseling to humans and Asimov who feel that they may need professional assistance when it comes to their mental health. The added benefit of using BetterHelp is that they try to match you with the best mental health professional according to the specific issues you are dealing with. But maybe, like a Lauren, it would be difficult for you to find the correct fit because he'd feel awkward and uncomfortable opening up to anyone really. So BetterHelp will not only respond to your queries within 48 hours, but if the fit of your allocated health professional doesn't suit you, then you may try another at no extra cost to your subscription. Talking about subscriptions, you can get a 10% discount off your first month subscription when you use the link betterhelp.com ddd. That's b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p dot com slash ddd for dum dum die. 
Please note that this is not a crisis hotline. If you are already standing on the edge of a crisis, please do contact your local crisis hotline immediately. So if you're struggling to be the paladin you know you can be, if there is something holding you back from making the saves when you need to, and you think you may need professional assistance, go to betterhelp.com ddd because we want you to start living a happier life today. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. It's convenient, it's affordable, and everything will be kept confidential. Just in case you missed it, or I was mumbling or didn't enunciate, visit betterhelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash D-D-D for Dum Dum Die. I know these are like memes on the D&D groups and things where they're like getting to play characters that work through your mental or societal um, issues. I think everyone does that to a degree and I don't think it's a bad thing. It's good to have a proxy, like say if you feel like you don't, you feel a bit powerless yourself to do anything, you can kind of like project your fears or concerns into another person who feels like a stronger version of yourself. So I can see how that can work sometimes. You just want to feel a bit more in control of your settings, even if it's not mm-hmm. a real realm to be in to begin with. So yeah, I, I definitely see that happening sometimes. That can be pretty helpful. I sometimes feel like it's a platform to express those kinds of like niggly fears or you know, negative personality traits that you have and put them into like a completely different setting where maybe they're not so bad. The one thing a lot of my characters have in common is that they're commitment phobic. And I seem to, irrespective of what character I'm creating, this one thing just seems seems to come up all the time. And each of the characters they deal with in different ways, they express it in different ways, but at the core, they're all commitment phobes. Okay, I know like pandemic has been a time for self-reflection, but I didn't see that I haven't seen a pattern with my characters, but now you make me wonder and think about it's probably something in me that I reflect on or in part of my characters very often. I know I I, I make conscious choices usually like I'll try and make sure it's like either someone I can relate to quite a lot to point like it's maybe like a person of color most likely. I tend to only go for people of color or like someone who's like an ostracized type of person. It's like, you know, play around with gender as well. And, you know, dogs, as you can hear. I think a lot of my characters, actually, yes, a lot of my characters tend to be some form of truth seeker that has gone astray. And I think sometimes I can feel that relates to me because I'm a trained scientist and I feel like sometimes I felt like I've gone off off trail. So maybe that's what I relate to. I'm sure I can think of a bit more stuff if I dig a bit deeper. Some people, I think, do make blatantly characters that they want to learn something from. So like I've seen a lot of shy people make bots because they want to try and learn and express themselves and gain confidence. And I actually think it's with everything. We all do things that we think will make us feel better or give us something. So like even exercise gives you something or, you know, eating that cake when you're feeling sad, you feel like it gives you something. Even if it's sometimes maybe it's not that deep, but even if it just we can't go on adventures now. So it's fun to go on an adventure. When I create characters generally for myself, they all come out as bards, even if they're not a bard. And I think for me, it's because I get quite anxious after social interactions, after every game. And it's, it's way worse now. Like I went to a restaurant with two other people, 
two other people. And then I was like, am I talking too loud? Is this weird? How do you people? Oh so when I play the bards in the games, like during the game, I'm never worried about it. And that's cool. Whereas afterwards in real life, I'm like, when I said this, do you think everybody hates me now? And it's like a intense thing. But in D&D, the character doesn't really care what people think about them. Unless they're trying to, you know, use it for an action. Like, I'm trying to seduce the god. Then I care what the god thinks. <laughs> and I quite like that. <laughs> Game of Teddy says, I am their spirit animal. <laughs> so yeah, for me, it's all my characters don't care as much about what people think. And I think it's super valuable for me to learn. Hashtag, I still need to get to like level 50 before this is a, a thing for me as Carla, myself. So where do you guys, and chat feel free to drop in some questions or some comments and share with us, but where do you start a character? So let's say the GM has told you, cool, this is the system, this is the setting. Where do you start building characters from? For me, it's class. I start with class. So I prefer fighty characters. I don't like magic users too much because it's just complicated for me. Like it's too much to try and remember what spells do, how many spells I have, like that kind of thing. It's too much. Whereas if you just have like a sword or something, you just beat stuff with it. It's easy. I don't have to think about it. You know, all the stats will be. Yeah, so I usually start with class because it's the easiest and then I just go from there because I try and figure out, okay, now what haven't I played in a while? Should I play this class? And then build on that depending on how I feel that day with what kind of character or personality the character is going to have. Okay, that I can I understand. I think for me, though, it's usually... Like, for example, I'm, I take a lot from pop culture. I also like to take from things like mythology, and I'm a big fan of mythology in general. I love uh, learning more about, like, African uh, folklore and mythology in general. So sometimes I try to tie that into what I'm creating, even if it's down to just some, something simple like a name. As for the class, I think I tend to go for magic users in general. It's not intentional, but I think <laughs> I just I, I am drawn to them. I, I think it's like a control thing, but I can also relate to them because... They've studied a craft so hard that they, they now feel like they can go out into the world, whereas, like, I think I should probably do more fighty characters. I think one of the more out-of-my-realm characters I've done, at least in the past year, was a bard, which was fun. Unfortunately, I wasn't in that campaign long enough to, like, really commit the time to that because life happens. I have a ranger floating about as well with Wednesday. Yeah, it's usually, like, something that's, like, grabbed my attention right now, whether it be a book or some bit of mythology I've heard about, a folklore... And generally a magic, magic user. I try to, like, if I can, intentionally change the class. But, yeah, that's kind of where I start. From my side, if the system's complicated, then I choose a, a stabby stab. You don't need to learn things with stabby stab. If it's a system I've never played or I always play, I'm going to just be a sword and board. Not even a rogue, guys. Rogues have extra, like, anything yeah. that has extra skills mm. and stuff, I'm just like, I will just be a barbarian. You know, depending on if I understand the system or not. I kind of actually build, and this is going to sound so bad, but the paper, like, the stats don't matter, and the paper just <laughs> doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm just like, I build the character on the paper, and then I'm like, Unless if they have spells and things, then I pick spells that match the background I give them. But my characters mostly, I kind of build the backstory first. And then I'm like, okay, what fits this backstory? 
So with the Pathfinder game we're playing on Dead Aussie Gamers channel, we were told, okay, you have to be part of one of the seven deadly sins. The land you came from is one of those sins. And then I checked the law of the land, which, so my character comes from gluttony. That in the Pathfinder law, that area is run by like a very huge, like corpus dude. And they do all the farming for the rest of the continent, right? So he's like a, the mafiosa around food. And because they have all the food, there's these giant animals attacking and monsters attacking because they have all the food. And obviously everyone also tries to attack them. And so I was thinking, okay, well, it's a land with a lot of food. So there's a lot of farmers. Also, their speciality field of the Lord of the Land is necromancy. So I was like, okay, so this person has to be a necromancer of some kind. And I was like, okay, they're a farmer. They're a necromancer because they live in the bush and there's no other people around. So they need to raise like the dead to help build an instant army if like the nearest farm is like three kilometers away. I'm, I'm actually very proud of this character's backstory. <laughs> Because I was like, this makes so much sense. And it's not like I'm a necromancer because evil and I want to raise the undead. It's like, guys, when I call for help, the only people who can help me immediately are the undead. So, instant security system. I love that. That's cool. <laughs> so, how do you guys build your backstories based on those? So, Wednesday, you come from system and Nelly, you come from you know, what's interesting you at the time, how do you, how do you create backstories? As I said, I start with my commitment phobia. You're just like, you start at the top and you're like, afraid of commitment. Where to from here? Where to from here? <laughs> how can I make this character different from the last 15? Look, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are afraid of commitment and are very different. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I've been monopolizing on. Thus far. <laughs> I think you've at least got another... 300 characters left. Yeah, probably. probably. Very minimum. Just those, those minor tweaks. Yeah, so I enjoy writing backstories, creating backstories, but also one of the reasons that I choose characters that have this sort of almost like fatal flaw is because what I feel is that when you build the story, like when the other players build the story, when the DM takes you through the story your character has an opportunity to react, to learn, to grow, like within that. And I find that interesting. And that's also why I sort of change the characters. Like I change the way that they deal with this fatal flaw of theirs. So in the past, you know, proper edge lord, tragic background, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so recently I've sort of wanted to do something that doesn't have that. So, for example, Lauren Skyvale, he doesn't have a tragic backstory. I mean, he's like this poor little rich boy. Like, mm. he literally, there's nothing wrong in his life, really. His mom is, like, super strict, and he ran away because he just felt like he couldn't live up to his name. You know, he doesn't have, like, real problems. He was just sort of, like, a little bit, like, unprepared. That's what it was. Mm. He was unprepared, and he ran away. It's not like, you know, his parents were murdered and he's hunting for you know there's none of that I was just like basically I'm gonna make a character who is just a normal person <laughs> and then see where to go from there and that's the other thing like with creating backstories like I like having the intricacy and how to make it interesting but sometimes it's just better to let the story do it for you yeah so Carla when you're talking about how you're not too big on stats I can relate because 
I like to build my idea of my character and say, for example, if I need to start doing stats and all that stuff, like I'll just do round generation and make that build into my story versus saying like, if, I, if I'm too pedantic about like, oh, I need to have like what, high wisdom and high this and high that to make sure it, it balances out my character. I, I spend too much time overthinking and I've played with people who are like seriously like by the book, very, very pedantic. They go by every little, like they're like rule lawyers, even down to the way they create their characters, which I respect. Everyone has their own way. But for me, I, I want to take more of a holistic approach where I have my idea of my character. I have an idea of that backstory and the stats kind of play into that in their own way. I am a bit pedantic about my my spell slots, like my my spells and my spell slots, because I just needs to make sh- makes more sense. Like I have a character right now in a campaign, very much focused in the, in the era in um, South Africa where Shaka Zulu was going around the the land, taking over stuff. Like it's called um, the the crushing, where he's out there like you know going batshit crazy, taking over things, being a conqueror, all that stuff. It's not just Shaka Zulu; it's a bunch of other magical elements. But my character is based on the concept of people who'd be like um, seers and whatnot and how that oh, would kind of cool. go sideways. And I thought, let me try to incorporate that into my character. But then again, I didn't really focus too much on my stats. And when my character got a bit stronger, then I thought like, okay, she's from the coast and all that stuff. Let me have more like water type elements and all that stuff. But when it comes to creation, again, I don't think I have a solid base. Like at least Wednesday, you've got like commitment phobia. <laughs> like that's a good base. For me, it's just literally just... What do I find interesting in this given time and space? Something pulled me in a book, I'll take that, or some story, or like, even my dog is named after like a, a character that pulled me in a certain way. Oh, my horse, I should say, sorry. Horse, <laughs> not dog. So it just comes down to what's like really intrigues me at any given time. Yeah, I, I think the stats are a lie. I think sometimes the stats can help you build a story. Like, Actually, Alorian's a very good example. So he's one of those characters who on the surface looks like he should be strong and really powerful and really good at, at stuff. And yet his stats and his backstory tell you that that is incorrect. And your stats work for that because Alorian actually has less health than our sorcerer, our druid. I know. <laughs> and he's a paladin, but he's just like, yeah. guys, I was very sheltered. I like that idea. Yeah, that's yeah. that's actually very true. How do you guys feel about making your? Like, I actually have a lot of fun making NPCs, and I realized, like for example, Leo with um with a Lauren's backstory was one of my favorite characters I've, I've ever made, and he was an NPC. That was like yeah, nothing to do with like magic using or like a whatever I find I find interesting. Like that was just chat, give me an idea, and I went with it, and it was really fun. Yeah. So yeah, what do you guys do with your NPCs? Mine get killed. <laughs> My beautiful, intricate NPCs just get killed. <laughs> what you're talking about, that's so awkward, yeah. I'm going to jump into the NPCs now. I just want to share some of chats, how they make their characters. Chaos Star says they think of pure character stories. So they start pure character story. It seems like they're kind of like with you, Nelly. So think of the character story and what they want to be with a slight difference. Although Chaos Stars picks physical fighters, but it looks like it's because they want to learn more about spellcasters and things like that as well. So actually Chaos Stars is like a mix of all three of us, like not choosing a spellcaster until they've learned more, like me, playing physical like <laughs> like Wednesday and starting from pure story like and what's in their mind at the time, like Nelly. But Chaos Stars wants to get out of their comfort zone. And you know, sometimes that's what's cool, and I think Nelly alluded to it, is sometimes when you play in like one shots and things and you let someone else just make the character. 
And you're like, cool, I'll pick up this character and see how it goes. And then Gamer Teddy says, as a fairly new player, they like to dip into the lore and build a story out of it. So they pick a race, learn its religion and history, and then make a little character out of it. Nice. And it makes sense. The fact that you're here, a lot of our chat is very focused on the story and the role play and the character. Which I've got to be honest, if someone came in our chat and just said they just focus on numbers, I'd be a little bit surprised. Not because it's a bad thing, but because that's not generally how we play. So I would be quite intrigued as to why you were <laughs> enjoying our channel. <laughs> yeah, and then they're chatting about how backstories are really great to write. And then Game of Teddy says, bring all the dead NPCs back as an army from Carla's Necromancer. <laughs> also, Nash Mikado actually subscribed to us during the week. And it's oh. their first time watching our stream. So we're going to have a five second dance party for Ooh. Nash to welcome Nash. So here we go. In five, four, three, two, one. Thank you for subscribing to us. Thank you for subscribing to us. It's very professional here, Nash. Also, Nash actually has an amazing TikTok account if you want to go check Ooh. it out. It's Nash Mikado, N-A-S-H-M-A-K-A-D-O. And he's a voiceover artist, like really Ooh. booming. It's, oh, it's deep, love. guys. It's lovely. I love voiceover um, artists because they're, so, they're so creative with the way they can just like portray characters. I, think. I wish I could do that. Mm. <laughs> Kind of those skills I think I'll never get. My thing is, I always wished I had a deep voice. I was like, if I smoke enough, will my and I've never <laughs> smoked. I have asthma, guys. Like I can't smoke, even if I wanted to. I want Eartha Kitt's voice, yeah. or you know, I just want that that deep voice, so that when I sing, it comes out like. But now it's just like, cause the player's gonna play, 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 and the is gonna instead of like unforgettable. I got none of that. It's yeah. it's it's yeah. been my entire sadness of my life. So the one day. I was on Instagram and I went past Zonia Geekery's page and they had put up something about not NPCs, but NPC weapons. And I just thought it was amazing. And all these different personality types of like for your weapons, you know, you could have like an overly aggressive weapon that just wants to like kill everything. You can have a weapon that's afraid of blood. So that's every cool. time you try and wield it in battle, it won't let you. Or like a oh. weapon that had one that was like encouraging. So it would be like always like optimistic saying, you got this, you can do this. You know, you're amazing. You know, that kind of thing. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I would love to just play a weapon. Like in an actual campaign yeah. to be a sentient <sighs> weapon. I just thought that that's what I want. That's my I, next goal. I feel like there's an entire campaign where you play as the weapons and then the oh, NPCs yeah. are, the, are the wielders. Are the, are the, are the characters, yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and oh, you're just, I would love that. Does anyone want to run a role-playing game for me? Like, just, yeah, do it. Guys, can, somebody, somebody run a game so I can play a weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we, we just want to play a weapon. But there's also that video game called Transistor where it's a, based on kind of that concept as well, where the weapon is sentient and all that stuff. And that, that whole entire soundtrack is like... I never played it. I had a friend who played it, and he was deep into it. And then, you know, you want to support your friends, so they, they, they're like, hey, come over and watch me play. I'm like, yeah, dude, okay, I guess. I wanted to go do something else, but here I am watching you play games. But it, it was fun. It was fun because the soundtrack was amazing. And yeah, I really I appreciate the whole concept of having a sentient weapon, so that was nice. Also, Chaos Stars, no worry. The fact that you're in chat and engaging is more than enough. We obviously do appreciate subscriptions, 
but we appreciate the fact that you're spending your time with us. Yeah, that game actually, that company made another game called Bastion, which even if you don't want to play the game, the soundtrack Mm. is amazing. And once again, there's also this old man who narrates the game and it's just like, well, the Bastion was falling. It's like that, but a million times cooler. Wait, before we go back to NPCs, I wanted to go back to the whole voice thing. Yeah. You know how you're talking about you wanted, you wanted to have a really nice raspy voice? I always felt like I had a deeper voice than I actually do. And I heard a rec- like, a, like a voice that recorded my voice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I've sounded like, sound like for so long. I wanted to have a nice <clears throat> type voice, like really like sultry. I'm working on it though. One day, without smoking, I will try to get that sultry voice. We all sound like squeaky toys. I've got to say, I'm editing the podcast. I'm like, what is happening here? I'm pretty sure I didn't sound like that this morning. Nelly and Wednesday, you guys have lovely voices and they're much lower than mine. So there's that. Oh, thank you, Carla. <laughs> You're so welcome. But, but neither of us can sing like you can. But And I was having this discussion actually the other day and it's it's so unfortunate and I think this is, it's one of those things you always want want what you don't have. Like if you have curly hair, you want straight hair. My voice is, it's nice, but it's not like special. I can sing like that person can sing, like that person can sing. But if I had an Eartha Kitt voice, no one can sing like Eartha Kitt. Game and Teddy said, at least I can sing. They screech like a metal sheet going through a sh- shredder. That makes me feel like you have a low voice. Our actual human character sheets are also fair. You're not great at everything. I listen to, like, have you ever listened to Cradle of Thought? Danny yeah. Thought yeah. sounds like a dying seagull, and I don't mind. I actually really like Cradle of Thought. I mean, people may think it's not cool to like them, but I love their music. I love their aesthetic. And he sounds like a dying seagull. So, he found his market, so he found a way to make his voice work. Oh, so that's the thing. Yeah. And, Gamer Teddy, you can always join an alternative band with a voice like that. There you go, yeah. That's always the thing, is just finding the place where you're accepted and where it works for you. You take what you got and you make it work. And I think that also works with characters. Here's a question, sorry. We'll go back to NPCs, but I just... How do you deal with building your character within the party? So do you like ask what other people are making? How do you build relationships with other characters? Like, what do you do there? I don't do any of that. For Dum Dum Die, we just all made our own characters. Did you remember, Carla? Like, everybody just had a character. Then we had like a session before we started recording, like professionally, where it was just like, okay, you've got these characters. How do they know each other? And, like, I just sat there. I was like, I don't know. I just wrote this character. I'm not making any changes. (laughs) It matches your commitment phobia. You're like, I'm so commitment phobic. I don't even want to connect to you guys. Yeah, you guys (laughs) tell me what the connection is, and I'll role play it. I'm also like, it depends. Like, if I'm during a campaign where people have already have pre-existing storylines, they can try to give me some context so I know how to fall into it. But usually I don't really too heavy when it comes to how I connect with people unless there's like it, it fits within the, the hook of the story at some point. I liked how for example there was that one campaign with you Wednesday of the Unknown Armies based system where we were told to at least find one connection with a certain like at least one other character or something. Yeah. That was nice. Like if someone tells me like strongly suggests hey I want you to think of how you connect with person X or person Y then that might help with my, my backstory so I don't mind doing it but Honestly, it's not the first one that comes to mind. Like, if the DM says, hey, do this, I'm like, okay, cool, I guess I will. But not my yeah. first, my first uh, thought of mm-hmm. character creation. 
I just did that so you guys wouldn't kill each other. <laughs> you just and like, we, we have to make you guys know each we other. We didn't, exactly, I know. which it, it was great. Well. Yeah. Chaos Star says here, it kind of depends on the people, but I try to role play the character. Sadly, I don't get the full treatment back. And I think sometimes that's where it's up to the GM to help people. So if you know you've got someone new at your table, it, it's always good to try and connect them. And that's what I did with the first session because – Kut and Nicole had never played before. And so trying to connect everybody. Um, and actually, that's what happened at my first session with you guys. RGM connected me to one of the other characters so that I could have a reason for being there and that that more experienced role player could lead me to what I needed to do and how I needed to help. It was Wednesday. Wednesday was my birthday. Look how the turntables have tabled. That's all that yeah. from me. <laughs> the turntables have tabled. Like, I like that. And so it's also always good to try and connect, if not everybody, like not everybody needs to be connected. Like in this campaign, Alorin is just literally a paladin for hire. But it's nice to connect people because it helps give them a reason for being together and not just be like, okay, if you're bleeding out, that's sad for you. Yeah, from my side, the only thing I do, and this is the one time where I'm actually quite mechanics focused, is because I don't actually really care about what character class I play. So I always check, I'm like, is there someone who can heal us? Is someone playing a healer? Okay, no one. Cool, I'll play a healer. Let's go back to the NPCs question. Nelly, frame it for us again. It's been okay. a hot minute. NPCs, I'm just because I actually enjoy playing NPCs and like creating them to an extent. How do you guys come across it? Because sometimes I create NPCs on the, like, I, you know, you have a list as a DM of NPCs and all that stuff. But sometimes, as Wednesday has alluded, sometimes your party goes around just killing all the NPCs. So you just have to create a new one out of, like, from scratch. But sometimes those impromptu NPCs are really fun to create. And sometimes the ones you, you already pre-made, you adjust it, and it's even more fun. Like, I was thinking about that horror campaign I, I wrote for you, wrote for Dum Dum Die. Well, I was based on an older system. I like it was so hectic. I, and I was I wasn't even playing because I knew I'm a chicken. So I'm like, okay, but I have to stream it and I have to watch. And then I actually took my headphones off because I was scared. <laughs> I respect your choices. Your health comes first. You know that's all that matters. Of what I heard was was wonderful. <laughs> that's why I took my headphones off because it was so good. Yeah, but one of my uh, NPCs for that game. I had created already and I tried to like base her on a certain, certain idea and then I had other NPCs I wanted you guys to interact with but you never did so I had to try and incorporate that person's background or, or function into the characters they already mentioned they already met beforehand so I was curious how do you guys create your NPCs and how do you use your NPCs to like get the story to, to actually progress I've been very lucky like my groups are not murder hobos so my NPCs generally get their time in the sun, sometimes too long because like then I just I just prepare them like actually from the first campaign. This is just an old granny gnome who's just going to tell you that you need to find her nephew. And then they wanted to have this fat conversation and then they wanted to. And I was just like, cuz literally she was supposed to say go find my niece and then i'll give you money and then you would say okay bye so i'm just like okay gotta make more i always think that's the coolest part is when the players grow the npc for you because they're like come with us and you're like okay that's what i really love about our stream is also how chat changes the npcs yeah. chat has built some of the coolest things we've ever seen so like Lyra Lyra yeah. literally was just gonna be a cat 
Then they were like, no, it's a magic cat. And then I was like, okay, magic cat. And then it all starts changing and morphing. And I think that's also generally what I love about D&D is you can come with one idea, but the other people affect it. But yeah, I also do what you do, Nelly. If by some reason they don't interact with the NPC that was going to give you the information, I give the traits or the information to another NPC. I do cheat. And anyone who watched our Comic-Con, or you can go listen back to them. Like some other GMs prepare one of our fans and actually our mod, Kyle. He has like 800 (laughs) NPCs with like full backstories. And I'm just like fastcharactermaker.com. But I generally have like key NPCs that I know this is their story this is how they behave and luckily like I said you guys aren't murder hobos so generally they get to inform the game also the puffer shark totally made by chat also the bone crab being the dad was also also chat chat, that's true Aurelia's also chat I really feel like I'm not the only GM in our campaign which I love so just to say chat has really like actually being now doing dum dum die interactively it's like super, super built on my improv skills. I can role play anything now. So in terms of NPCs, so I generally have an idea of like the big players in my story, like the big background players. And I do a lot of player preparation. So we talk a lot about their characters, what they want their backstories to be. And what I try to do is I try to bring the NPCs into that. To make it part of their story rather than part of my story. So I've got my big players. And you've got your like randoms, like God number four or whatever. <laughs> Militia man number 15. So it's that way I try to shape my NPCs by using the backstories of the player characters. Because I think that also creates more space for them to engage with the story itself. Because it's one thing to have, my character has this mission in life, but meanwhile, that mission has no space in the story. But I do also have a lot of hard number four, militia men up to 25. I don't even name them. They're just going to kill them anyway. There's pros and cons to that, because like, you guys never kill anyone. It can't be just God number four, because maybe you're going to have a discussion with God number four, and then all of a sudden... It becomes Bob the Battle Butler. We're lucky that people still come. People think D&D is all about murder, hoboing. And this is always the thing that sometimes people say, like, if you come to me and you say you hate D&D and you've only played at one table, look, I'm not saying everyone's going to love D&D. There's going to be people who hate role-playing and that's cool. But generally, if people tell me they hate role-playing, I'm like, try it with a very different GM. And then if you still hate it, then you hate it. You know, it can just be the GM and the table. If you want to be a murder hobo, awesome. Go find a table that does that. If you want to be a math player, like a numbers rolling player, go find a table that does that. Your experience of how cool or how much you like role-playing or actually anything is dictated by the people that you do it with. And honestly, chat, you make our experience better. What you said Wednesday is actually very true. And I always ask my players to do this but I also try and always do it in my own backstories is give a little opening for the GM to create somebody because also then they're not going to murder them unless you know it's mortal enemy number one (laughs) but like if you say I had a best friend in in primary school that I lost touch with if that NPC shows up they're not going to immediately murder that person (laughs) 
<laughs> Unless they're like, my best friend disappeared. You are a doppelganger. It's always good in your backstory to leave something for the GM to create. So mm. this happened and I don't know. Like Nelly's character was like, my parents, I don't know what happened to them. Yeah, yeah. And then that's yeah. <laughs> that turned into a whole nother thing. Because actually, Nicole put in her backstory. She was like, Nelly's character is my sister, but she doesn't know. And they came to me separately. And I was like, yeah. oh, these make so much sense together. So yeah. good. I love that reveal. Because, like, I mean, you, you mentioned it to me beforehand, but like, still in character, finding out that she's my sister, I was like, what? <laughs> Chaos Stars and Game of Teddy are just talking about how D&D makes them more vocal, which is great. Oh. Game and Teddy says they ran a one shot where they had these amazing NPCs prep. They had clear personalities and histories and these intricate relationships. And they were just incredible until they started playing. And they realized they didn't name a single one of them. What's their name? I'm like, uh, um, my cat Lily runs past. It's Lily. The NPC's name is Lily. In the game I play in the afternoons, the GM likes to name at least one goblin Nilblog because that's goblin backwards. And I was just like, yeah, just name everything backwards. Oh, okay. Chaos Stars uses their story to make a name. Chaos Stars mentions the battle butler. And this just actually reminds me it's like no one makes a character that carries a giant instrument right because we mm. all know that you have to move but i'm like i should make an orc bard yeah they play like the double bass or a tuba <laughs> as the instrument because yeah. they just like i'm big enough to carry this and then yeah. they just like walk That's around cool. adventuring with this giant double bass oh, the muppets of okay. oh, what is it bremen the musicians of bremen That's it, that yeah. That old Muppet movie. It was Kermit, and there was a donkey, and there was a rat or something. Oh. They had a band. I'm not familiar with it, but it was like I'm a happy. Muppet, a Muppet style thing. Mm. But it was 100 years ago. Guys, the Muppets are not that old. Some of us love the Muppets. <laughs> My big main crush of life is Kermit the Frog. Mine was always Animal. Although Animal, like, looking back on it, is a very problematic Muppet. Yeah, yeah, the animal's super sus. But when you're a kid, he's like a drummer and he's crazy and he's cool. So Chaos Star says they are not a bard. Their father is a bard, but they do music because it's fun. But I think that's always the thing is you don't always have to have stuff that your character does that matches your stats. I know tons of people who love singing and you wouldn't want them to sing around you, but, you know, they must just live their best lives and no judges. I love to scribble things. Will I ever show someone a drawing? No, it's horrific. They're not a fun time for anybody's eyeballs. I was just going to say, like that, when you create a character, that character's a real person. Just sort of maybe going back to the own mental health thing. And I think I do it as myself as a person. I'm always like, if this isn't going to help my character sheet, if it isn't going to help me professionally or in life, why do I want to do it? As real people and real characters... You can do things just because it's nice. You don't have to be a bard to want to have your character play a musical instrument or have that be part of their backstory. Nash was sharing on the necromancy conversation. I just love how you just jumped in on the necromancy conversation and are in it because I'm not sure if Nash has played D&D. So I, I love that it reminds them of this lady who is quite interesting to, to base a character on. She's 30 and a mortician, so she embalms dead bodies for a living. There's a video of her on YouTube and apparently she's super, super sweet. 
really, really cool and would be nice to base a character on her because she's very unassuming. So you wouldn't know what she does unless she tells you. If you want to share a link, you can share it on our Discord or you can send it to me, uh, Nash, and I'll share it on our Discord and I'll share our Discord back with you because uh, I don't have the link on hand because we're professionals. Somebody asked us to post the Twitch link the one day, like just before we go live and I keep yeah. forgetting. So Chaos Star says an orc bard barbarian, a raging performer, and then it's I'm angry that you're not dancing. Yeah. Dance, my pretties, dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kind of feel like it's that stereotypical librarian. They're like, okay, I'm getting out my double bass. I'm gonna play something. Be- if you talk, then they're like, why are you talking? While I'm playing, <laughs> I will murder you with this this bow because oh you spoke God. during during my like concerto. Now I'm thinking about necromancy, my favorite necromancer. And all of necromancy, them. All of necromancy, my favorite necromancer. <laughs> this is obviously a fictional character. Um, it's this character written by uh, Jonathan L. Howard. The character is named Johannes Cabal, and he's a necromancer of some repute. But the reason why he became a necromancer is more like for pragmatic reasons. I don't want to reveal it because it's within the story uh, plot, but he became a necromancer to fulfill a function, not because he's out there to go like take over the world, but sometimes he's like, People get in his way and he has no problems like just killing people. He, if he kills people, he's like, well, if your body is here, I'll use it for my, my, his mission. And like, he has Waste like, not, one like, not. Yeah, so he's like, oh, well, these guys try to rob me. I'll kill them and then they can, be, they can be part of my horde. And then he goes about his business and someone else tries to mess with him. He kills him. Okay, cool. I guess you're part of my, my, my new mission too. It's an interesting reason as to why to get into necromancy. He's a very pragmatic guy. He's like, I'm here for a reason. I have a mission. You're in my way. I will kill you. I have to go on my mission. So you're going to come with me. Let's go. It's a book series. Uh, so every book in the series has a different genre. So you still have the same characters. He's still a necromancer. But the first book, very much necromancy, blah, blah, blah. But the next book is about, it's like a mystery whodunit. The next book is very, like... Lovecraftian, very like okay. you know, Cthulhu based. Another book is like very much vampires and werewolves. So every book is a different genre, but the oh, characters cool. make sense within that same series of books. So I like it. Big fan. Big, big fan. You guys, That's because cool. you're talking so much about necromancy, I realize I haven't played a necromancer. I'm Ooh, surprised by that. Maybe time. I told you I'm trying to shy away from my age lord image. So <laughs> the backstory is just like. But now you're talking necromancy and I'm like, I really want to like super tragic backstory. But not emo like I did with Florian. Not like yeah, that. Yeah, super edge story. I love Florian. No, uh, no one Florian, remembers him. Florian I just did for fun. <laughs> That's the best thing about a one shot. Like you have to create a character that has immediate impact. Yeah. That people can immediately know like what type of character they are, whatever. Awkward Twilight has just joined us. Hello, Awkward oh, Twilight. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. What is the one character that you had played but never got to like show their full character arc or your entire plan or that you want to play just as we're coming to close that you'd like to share because that actually reminds me I had a really great story and I actually built it using the system everything about this character you know obviously in my mind was amazing for mutants and masterminds and so Mm. I built a character that was super unhelpful they were really bad at everything they were the group healer but in their character backstory when they reached level five they become like became ultimately powerful when they used their power right so 
Otherwise, they were just a normal person. But when they used their power, they were insanely powerful. Obviously, they couldn't use it all the time. Otherwise, it would be super OP. I was just building up to that. And the backstory was, it was a very Raven backstory, right? Like, she was like a demon princess or whatever. And that's why she had all those powers. So she had to transform into her demon self. And it was just going so well, the campaign. And I was like, every time I try to heal somebody, it really went badly. And everyone was like, why are you even here? Why are you on the superhero team? And then I was like, oh, I can't wait until the day where I reveal the ultimate power. And then the campaign didn't continue. And I was just, but, 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 but ultimate power. Yeah, I was sad at that. The, the, the bar that I made for, the, for a campaign I joined for like all of five seconds. Because <laughs> to be fair to the, to, the, to the other players and to the DM, I, at that point, my life was very busy and the nature of my work and the pandemic, I'm always very busy. So I couldn't commit to, to regular games. And they were the type where they would play twice a week at least. Oh, wow. I was like, guys, I can't be out here twice a week when I'm trying to, you know, pay my bills and feed my horse. So, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't commit to it. But my, I had this really cool idea for my, my bard. It was a tiefling. And even the name I, cho- I had chosen, my character's name was Mustafa, sorry. Actually, my character's name would intentionally change every time a different person would ask. So it was always the letter M. And... It's, there's a reason why, like, every time a different person asked, I would pick a name according to that person's, like, my perception of that person. I'd say, like, you look like someone who'd, like, be more receptive to someone who's an authority figure, so you can call me Mycroft. And you look like someone who doesn't care about people, so you can call me Molly. Like, I wouldn't even care. I would play around so gender cool. and all that stuff. And I wanted to that grow awesome. into that and make it more obvious to the other characters, to the other players. I think they were more frustrated that my name was never the same. <laughs> and I wasn't able to explain why that was and, like, and it tied it to the backstory, but... That's one I, I kind of miss. I wish I, I had gotten a chance to build that character, so I might try to like, copy awesome. and paste them for something else. Yeah, That is such yeah. a fantastic idea. I love that. That is really that. creative. Wow. Thanks, dude. You know, wow. not just a pretty face. You know, I tried. It's true. Oh, my it's God. True. I never got a chance to finish playing, so um, a mutual friend of all of ours uh, was running a campaign that was, I think it was Fate. I think the system we used was Fate. But it sort of had kind of like, I don't know if anybody's ever played Scion. Scion is like demigods and that sort of thing. So it had that sort of running in the background, but we never really got to explore that side of it. Like things had just started. The campaign is set in Viking times. So all of the characters are from like a small village and it's kind of like a a small like farming village. You know, nobody's like a hectic warrior or anything like that. And the character that I created was my first and last ever, like, actual, like, healer-type character. Like, very soft, very feminine. That image of that perfect, meek, frail woman type. And it was difficult for me to play because I'm yeah. used to playing, so obviously, like, more masculine characters. And even my female characters are, like, they're pretty much dudes. So... It was difficult for me to play her, and I just started to get used to the idea of being meek, of taking a back step, letting other people role play yeah. because their characters were stronger, you know, that kind of thing, and just doing the thing like, oh, and then I heal you in the background, being mm. sweet and whatever yeah. all the time, and I don't want to kill anything. The way the story was progressing is we ended up in a situation where we had spotted like an army that was coming to hit the village, open pillage. And we had found the army because we'd gone out to collect food or some shit. And we found the army and we were like watching them and trying to hide from them. And we were coming up with a plan to, you know, take them on. And each of us started to get these divine messages. Well, the ravens, you know, there was all of a sudden a raven that was following us and... 
we discussed it before, like, but sort of like very offhandedly with the DM was just like, okay, well, you're set in this Norse period. Does your character have a god or goddess that they follow or worship in this time period? Um, and I had chosen Freya. And we had reached that point where the messages, the divine messages were starting to come in. And all of a sudden, my character was getting all this attention from the male characters in the party, just out of the blue. Mm. And every time we went past a whatever, a group of men, it was causing problems. So that sort of stuff had just started. And we were just about to, like, you know, try and figure out how to infiltrate this army or defuse things or whatever. And then we stopped playing because people have lives. So the game just never picked up again. I will say sometimes why I like one-shots because there's a sense of closure. Even in the books I read and in the series, I'm like, I wait until I see, are they going to finish the story? Is there going to be another one? I'm not going to invest in this if you're going to just end at season one. Awkward Twilight mentions a one-shot doesn't have to mean closing a campaign. That's true. But usually a one-shot, you have some sense of closure for that moment in time. And then, hey, Dead Aussie Gamer, welcome. Thanks for popping by in the Mm. channel. Um, I will be on Dead Aussie Gamer's channel playing my farmer necromancer, who's also a bone oracle, cursed with uh, necromancy extraordinary powers. So please do come check there. Otherwise, I'm only on Dum Dum Die. So uh, you can you guys can find me on Instagram. That's the most convenient way to find me is Instagram. I am Miss Mvubu, so that's M-I-S-S. M-V-U-B-U. Otherwise, I'm also hiking. I've gone really into hiking lately. So I'm Wednesday LeFay. You can find me on Instagram at Wednesday underscore LeFay. That's L-E-F-E-Y. If you like photos of the sky, that's what I like to put on my Instagram. Now that my sort of uh, side hobby of alternative modeling is on a little bit of a hold. So Dum Dum Die, the sky, the summer because of the heat wave in the UK, the beach. Treat yourself. And then also what I've started to do is push a brand, a South African creator. Today I don't have to because we are all showing our support for the amazing Simbin. Find them on Instagram, on Facebook. They have a website. They do all the sales stuff. They're also on TikTok. On TikTok. They Mm -hmm. do fabrics. They do cool ears. They do funky, Mm -hmm. like, beanie things. I've made a few, like, fancy dresses for myself. Corporate wear. I think Carla's got some corporate wear as well. Yeah. Otherwise, Nina, who is ill and who was meant to run our Women's Day special, can be found on Wood Elfman Gaming channel Mm -hmm. on YouTube. YouTube. And they do all the cool things like Warhammer 40k and crafting. Crafting. Yeah, because Nina does leather work and cosplay stuff, like really cool. She makes armor. What is that other thing called? Hero clicks. Yeah, your chat is just continuing saying that their one shots never have a, a full closure. Like when you're watching a TV series and you're like, if it's 12 episodes, episode 11 completes the story and you're like okay what are you going to do in episode 12 and then episode 12 is like but actually that person's not dead or but actually this is happening i feel it's it is nice to have anticipation for something so we hope you have anticipation next week we'll be jumping back into our campaign otherwise please remember we have a very special sponsor for the next three weeks it's better help b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p.com forward slash DDD for Dum Dum Die. It's a place where you can get some professional counseling if you feel like you need someone to talk to. You'll also get 10% off with our code. I think gaming has really, really helped my mental health, but I am taking 
full use of them. Look after yourselves, not just physically. And I think maybe in this time we're really focused on our physical health, but also mentally and just be awesome to each other. My bull and Ted moment. Be excellent to each other. Thank you so, so much, chat. You make everything an adventure to my players. You guys are the best. Lena sending, sending love and healing, healing vibes. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see everyone next Sunday. With that, we hope you have an awesome, safe, and amazing week filled with adventure.